Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine podcasts. We are so glad you've taken the time here to get ready for week one. It's finally here. The NFL season kicked off in earnest on Thursday night. The Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, picked up a win over the Houston Texans, who, as everyone recalls listening to the podcast, that was a team that vanquished Buffalo from the playoffs in 2019. The season is underway. The Bills are getting ready to kick off their season, and we here at Believe are ready to get you prepared for everything you need to know for this week one matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. Really should call them the New Jersey Jets, but that's a a fight for another day. My name is John Boccasino, welcoming on my esteemed colleague and host, Jamie D'Amico. And uh, Jamie, great to have you back. It's our first official podcast where we're actually talking about football that is going to be taking place on the field versus speculating on positional battles. It feels great. Can you believe it's finally here? There's a surrealness about the fact that football season is beginning, whether or not there's going to be fans in the stands. I know the the situation here in Washington, D.C. was how are we going to watch how are we going to watch the games with our Washington, D.C. Bills backers while also being socially distanced? Thank God they've figured out a solution to that. But it seems like without the preseason games that the the season isn't really here. And I'm almost not going to believe it until I see it. But I'm taking solace in this 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 little dose of normalcy. It's it's a beautiful thing when the NFL season kicks off, and I cannot wait to see the 2020 version of the Buffalo Bills. Dude, expectations are sky high for this team. It's uh, Sean McDermott's fourth year leading the Bills, along with general manager Brandon Bean in his fourth year. Uh, we've we've covered extensively all the reasons Bills fans should be excited. You know everything from the offseason acquisitions of wide receiver Stephon Diggs, the drafting of Zach Moss the acquisitions of Quinton Jefferson, Vernon Butler, Mario Addison, Josh Norman, you know, you name it, this team top to bottom, Jamie, I'd be hard pressed since the last of the Super Bowl era teams to find a Buffalo Bills squad that top to bottom is more balanced and filled out with talent on this roster than the one that Bean has assembled for this year. I, I agree with that. I think the only one that may be close would be the London Fletcher 
to chaos spikes teams of the early 2000s when they they had all kinds of talent on that defense now the offense left a little bit to be desired on the offensive line but the skill positions they had some great players uh in henry jones eric molds peerless price had an amazing season playing uh playing catch with drew bledsoe there was a there was a ton of talent on those teams but this one you can tell that this team this year is what they had been working toward in the front office. If you look at what they've done with the defensive line, they have waves of pass rushers and players that they can rotate in and out. There's not a there's not a bad player amongst them, and that is unusual for for a defensive line. Usually there's some scrubs in there that are just taking up space. The Bills don't have that. They have a deep secondary they have incredibly athletic linebackers. Their offensive line gelled pretty well last year. They have tremendous upside at the running backs. The receivers are one of the best trios in football. This all rests on Josh Allen right now, but this is this is what they've been working toward, and this is why I'm so excited for this season. Absolutely, Jamie. Top to bottom, you know, there, there's so many reasons to be be stoked for the 2020 Buffalo Bills, and and not just because football is back and the Bills are finally, you know, when Brandon Bean took over, he said a quote that got a lot of people sty- uh, psyched for, for the Bills football. And he said he doesn't want to just build a team that can sneak into the playoffs and possibly win a game. He wants to build a team that can be an annual contender and win that coveted Super Bowl, uh, which Buffalo has never had in their uh, existence as a franchise. And I'm not ready to anoint the Bills as Super Bowl favorites. But if they don't at least make a deep run in the playoffs and potentially win and at least win a game, if not get to the AFC championship game and beyond this year, I think it's going to be very disappointing because everything sets up for this moment. You're right. The Bills have been building towards this. When they made the playoffs in 2017, it was kind of a fluke. You know, the you had that experiment where for a hot minute, Nathan Peterman was the quarterback. We all remember uh, the Chargers debacle when he threw five interceptions in the first half. The worst decision ever made by Sean McDermott. That, and you know that's that's a that's a really good good point there, Jamie. We we let McDermott get away with a lot, and Bills fans think that the coach walks on water. And now, listen, don't get me wrong. I love the process. I love Sean McDermott, but he has made some head scratching moves in the past. You know, trading away AJ McCarron and really trusting the car to uh, Nathan Peterman's abilities uh, along with, you know, a, a cast of uh, characters that really were not good on offense. They had the worst wide receiver core in the league, you know, with Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones. And, you know, th- that unit was, was so frustrating and they couldn't score points at all. And the overachieving defense carried the day and got the bills to the wild card round and snapped that embarrassing 17 year playoff drought. And then they took a step back, but we knew that the team was evaluating Josh Allen, what he could bring to the table as a number seven overall pick. You knew there were going to be some growing pains. This is the year that it all seems to come together. And more importantly, Jamie, there's no more excuses. You know, last year you could point to the fact, okay, the Bills brought in Smoke Brown and Cole Beasley, but they didn't have that home run hitter, that guy who, as the analysts love to say, can take the top off of the defense. And that's Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is that game changer. He's the best receiver that the Bills have had arguably since Eric Moulds. And one of these days, Eric Moulds will get his due uh, as he should in Bills lore for being an unbelievable playmaking receiver. But 
There's no more excuses. There's no more excuses for this team to score less than 20 points a game. They're going to need to put up points because the defense, it was great to hear earlier this week. I believe it was Micah Hyde came out and admitted that the defense gets frustrated when the offense doesn't put up the points to match the effort that they're putting forth on defense. And no, I'm not saying anything good comes from that, but the defense has to know that, all right, we don't have to hold a team to seven points a game to win week in and week out. And with Brian Dable's offense and the weapons at Josh Allen's disposal, there's no reason this team can't be scoring 24, 25, 30 points a game. They're going to have to do it. They're going to have to. They're going to have to have a balance between the offense and the defense when it comes to success. Josh Allen, baby, it's up to Josh Allen and the temporary mustache. Oh my God, how great was that on social media? Seeing his uh, the Bills change their official avatar on Twitter and Insta to match Josh Allen's uh, mustached photo, and our guy Jamie D'Amico here put out a really fun Twitter poll talking about who wore it better. Do you want to give our listeners a little summarization of, uh, of that poll of, you know, mustachioed Buffalo Bills football legends? Oh, sure. If you go to uh, my Twitter feed, which is at the Jamie D'Amico, you will see it is Josh Allen versus um, Gardner Minshew, Kyle Orton, and the Uncle Rico. I liked how you put two of the same guy in towards the end because we all know Kyle Orton and Uncle Rico are one and the same, right? Well, yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> well, we could have fun all day long, Jamie, talking about the mustache of Josh Allen and everything like that. But there, there are such expectations for this team. The Bills are the favorites to win the AFC East, something they have not done since 1995, which coincidentally enough was the last year the Bills won a playoff game. Um, with regards to the season kicking off, we all know the Bills have a tougher schedule. Uh, I believe they had the eighth toughest schedule in the league based on opponent win percentages from 2019. They have to play the NFC West this year, which is going to be an incre- incredibly dangerous challenge given the fact that you got teams out there, all four of those teams in the a- in the NFC West could at least win eight, nine, ten games and make the playoffs this year, led by the Seahawks and the 49ers who made it to the Super Bowl last year before blowing that fourth quarter lead. That's a really tough stretch that Buffalo has. They also have to face the AFC West, which top to bottom is just as good as the NFC West with the Chiefs, the uh, Chargers, Broncos, and in the up-and-coming Raiders out there too in Las Vegas. You know, there's not gone are the days when the bills can take an opponent for granted or think that they're going to sneak up on somebody that the, the expectations are squarely on this team. They are the hunted versus the hunter. And that whole quest kicks off week one versus the New York jets. So Jamie, let's dive right in week one preview jets come into town, the newly named Bills stadium. No bills fans will be in the stadium. This will be our first experience at hearing the League approved uh, crowd noises that are piped in for the game. Bills Mafia will not have a chance to be the 12th man that makes an impact on the game. But I think all Bills fans are happy that we at least will have football to watch on Sunday. What are your thoughts? Where do you want to start with this preview? I want to start with the new general manager, Joe Douglas, who was hired away from the Philadelphia Eagles Um front office to take over the Jets as uh, general manager and to build that team. You know what's happening there? This is not your father's Jets team anymore. This team reminds me an awful lot 
of what the Buffalo Bills had been doing with uh, with their roster construction. If you take a look at where they are right now, they have four new offensive linemen. Do you remember the Buffalo Bills bringing in four new offensive linemen just last year? <laughs> right? Um, they're building out their wide receiver core. They are uh, they are entrusting a young quarterback to take them to the next level. This is not this team is not a cakewalk. This is not a team that the Bills are going to roll over, and I think that's exactly where we need to start. So, okay, let's go. Let's dive right in, Jamie. The the, the Jets, like you mentioned, hired the new GM Joe Douglas, who earned a lot of kudos for his work with the Eagles. If you look at the headlines alone for the Jets and their fans, it's hard to get excited for this team. They traded away star safety Jamal Adams, who was an all-pro, one of the best defensive players in the game. They traded him to Seattle. They got some intriguing pieces back, including a first-round pick in each of the next two years, but the team took a step backwards in that area, taking away from an area of strength to bring in more of an unknown you don't get better just by losing a player of Jamal Adams' status. Then they have linebacker C.J. Mosley, who opts out of the season due to COVID-19 concerns, taking away a massive thumper and playmaker and quarterback of the defense who controls the middle of the field. And the Jets last year, the reason they went, I believe, 6-2 and two, the final eight games of the season was on the strengths of a defense that got after the quarterback and uh, controlled the line of scrimmage. I don't know. Do you think the Jets on paper, are they better than they were last year, given the fact of what they've lost? I believe that they are, because the biggest issue that they had on their offense was giving up sacks. They had an absolutely atrocious offensive line, and they're going to be able to keep Sam Darnold upright, which is going to it's going to help them because you win by putting up points. Now, Jamal Adams, great player. Um, I. I agree with the decision to trade him away because here's the thing. Jamal Adams is a great, great in the box safety, but he wanted to be the highest paid safety in the league. And when it comes to roster construction, you don't pay a safety $20 million a year without, without forcing yourself behind the eight ball when it comes to signing guys at other positions. Now, CJ Mosley, that hurts, and there's no way around that. You can't replace a guy as good as him, especially on short notice when it comes to opting out for COVID. It's going to hurt him tremendously. Uh, the Jets' corners, not very good. The defensive line, eh, fairly mediocre. You know, they've got Henry Anderson. I wonder who he's going to cheap shot this game. Oh, I hate that dude. I hate Seems that to be guy. all he does is cheap shot people and you should hate him he's a dirty player we talked about this last year when uh you know there was a hit with Hauschka and just a dirty dirty play of, of him out there Anderson is somebody who I hope he gets his one day because he's a cheap shot artist and nothing more but Jamie so when it comes to the Jets what you mentioned the offensive line and I, I want to focus a little bit um on the the the, the offensive of the Jets because Sam Darnold and Josh Allen are two quarterbacks that were taken in the top 10 of the 2018 draft. Uh, Darnold went number three overall to the Jets, while Allen went seventh uh, to Buffalo out of Wyoming. And uh, Sam Darnold feels like he has an incomplete grade through the first early part of his career because of the fact that what playmakers does he have on offense besides Le'Veon Bell, who has been a disappointment, I would say, uh, in his 
early tenure with the Jets. They don't have big flight receivers that they've surrounded him with. They got him Brashad Perriman this offseason, who had a really good season with the Buccaneers. Although, truth be told, you or I could put up some pretty good numbers if we had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin ahead of us on the wide receiver core. So Sam Darnold, what do you think of his grade so far? Because to me, it seems like it's with the injuries, the time he's missed from mono and the lack of weapons. I feel like the jury is still out on his future. And I don't know what I would do if I were the Jets when it came to a contract extension for their quarterback entering year three. Well, you're exactly right. He gets an incomplete. You couldn't possibly be able to put a, a grade on a guy who's had that kind of supporting cast, who's running for his life because the offensive line has been so bad in his first couple of seasons. Um, interesting stat. When he is sacked fewer than two times in a game, last season, his record was 7-2. and two. When he was sacked more than twice in a game, record Oh, and seven. So obviously it wreaks havoc with the guy. Now, there are some downsides of Sam Darnold. Sometimes he throws interceptions that make you say, what was he seeing? But Sam Darnold also can have pinpoint accuracy and make some of the, the toughest throws out there. They're anticipatory. He throws guys open. He, he can really drop the ball in a bucket. So, you know, when he has more time, and when he has more faith in his offensive line, I think you're going to see a, a much better Sam Darnold. And the other thing was, the last four games of the season, he was a completely different quarterback. They were a completely different team, really. And that was because of a new wrinkle that Adam Gase put into his offense. Up to that point in the season, Adam Gase did not have any outlet receivers going out into routes. If you have a terrible offensive line, don't you think you would want to have an outlet receiver for your quarterback instead of him sitting there having to wait for guys to get 10 yards downfield before he can throw the ball? It just didn't make sense. So when Adam Gase got it through his thick head that, you know, it might be nice to have a hot receiver out on a route, Sam Darnold played a lot better. And I think you're going to see that roll over into this season. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now, this will be, Jamie, the technically it's the fourth time that uh, Darnold and Allen's teams have gone head to head. I, I say that tentatively because the third was the season finale last year of the regular season where Josh 
played two series going three of five for five yards. Sam Darnold technically carried the day that day for a victory 13 to six for the Jets. But for all intents and purposes, this is really going to be the third matchup of these two teams going head to head quarterback by again, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. We talked about both of the quarterbacks when it comes to the Jets and they've improved their offensive line. The real big addition is their hefty left left tackle, Mekhi Becton, uh, who they drafted. Uh, He's a rookie. He's going to have an uphill battle uh, with no preseason games. Let's go through where the Bills can attack on defense against the Jets. What edge do you give when it comes to the trenches, the Bills linemen, the talented pass rushers, or the Jets offensive line that's been retooled and revamped? I've got a lot of faith in the massive 360-pound Mekhi Becton. I I think he's going to be a good player, but it's going to be difficult initially for him because, like you said, no preseason, and there are three other new guys on the offensive line. It takes a little while to gel, and I think when you build in the ability of Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier to scheme up pressure, that's exactly what they're going to do. You're going to see a lot of stunts. You're going to see a lot of interesting blitzes that are really going to test their communication. And I'm going to give, because it's the first week of the season, I'm going to give the edge to the Bills pass rushers there. I I agree, Jamie. I feel like you know so much has been made of what Buffalo lost on the pass rush with Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson leaving. But very quietly, you know, Mario Addison, even though he's 33 years old, brings just as much to the pass rush as Shaq Lawson or Jordan Phillips last year. I think the versatile signing of Quinton Jefferson is one of the most underrated additions of the offseason. I think Vernon Butler, let's be honest, Quinton Jefferson, if he had signed with the Dallas Cowboys, you would be hearing all the national media praising them for an astute signing, a cheap signing, and someone who could bring versatility to the D-line. Instead, it's the Bills, and he gets kind of lost in the shuffle because even though Buffalo is getting national love, they're not near the scope of like the Packers or the Cowboys. So look, all that to say, the Bills have a lot of talent on the defensive line. As much as Becton has the pedigree to succeed and be a solid left tackle protecting Darnold's blind side, I feel the Bills are going to get after the offensive line because to a man, they have talked about how it starts with them this year. The success of the Bills defense is predicated on the defensive linemen dominating and getting after the quarterback and uh, and making things hell for, for opposing uh, signal callers. So I think the Bills are going to have a field day. I predict they're going to get at least four, three and a half, four sacks of Sam Darnold, and they're going to have their way Uh, with the offensive line as revamped and retooled as it is. And when that happens, Jamie, Darnold's going to have to make throws in a hurry. We all recall the game against the Patriots on Monday Night Football when he said he was seeing ghosts when he was mic'd up. That was picked up for the audience, and it showed how his psyche was a little fragile when under duress. I expect the Bills to bring some good schemes up front to get after Darnold and make him feel the pressure. And if he's rushed and hurried, you know, which is a key to really defeating any sort of quarterback in this league, I expect the Bills to force turnovers as well on Sunday. I imagine that the Jets coaching staff is well aware of that and also that it's going to take some time for that offensive line to gel. So what you're going to see is a steady dose of the Jets running the ball. They've got Le'Veon Bell. They have the seemingly... Well, he was ageless. Now it seems like the seemingly aging Frank Gore. 
uh, to split reps with him. Now, here's something interesting. The Jets were 6-0 and last year when they ran the ball 25 times or more. The Jets were 2-4 and when they allowed 120 yards or more. So that right there tells me that the Jets are going to come out running the ball. How do you think the Bills' uh, defense will hold up against the run? Because I know that there's a lot... Uh, of, of expectations that you know the Bills have a top flight defense and they do, but they also showed moments last year like the Philadelphia Eagles game and at key spurts against the Texans. So that, that was more Deshaun Watson scrambling out of the pocket, but this Bills team and the Patriots ran against them well in week 16 as well. The Bills can give up the run. So what do you think is the key for Leslie Frazier's defense to clamp down and, and, and tighten up against the run? It's going to hurt them not having star in the lineup. Um, I, I think that the only thing they can really do is keep people in the box and assume that, uh, that the jets are just not going to be able to get the ball downfield because their receivers aren't very good. So assume that you can cover them man to man and get Jordan Poyer down there with the linebackers. Um, they have actually pretty good receiving tight ends. That doesn't worry me because the bills are good at covering tight ends. Um, they got to get players in the box and that's how they're going to beat the, beat the running offense of the jets. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the, the, the playmakers for Sam Darnold, uh, Jamie, because Look, Jamison Crowder is an average wide receiver. I think Perriman put up inflated numbers uh, with a Bruce Arians offense where Jameis Winston threw the ball, you know, a thousand times. And, you know, he again, he benefited from having a talented cast around him. The one guy that could concern me a little bit is Chris Herndon, the tight end for the Jets, who could be a breakout player. But you're right. Buffalo does match up very well against opposing tight ends. So I would give the edge pretty clearly uh, to the Bills secondary and the Bills linebackers when it comes to taking away the weapons that Dan- Darnold's going to have to throw to on Sunday. Absolutely. I I can't see them having a real breakout by throwing the ball against the Buffalo Bills. Now, when it comes to the other side of the ball, Jamie, we've kind of given you a good breakdown of the Jets offense. Defensively, again, there's going to be huge holes out there. Uh, Marcus May is going to be expected to step up and fill a lot of the role uh, as a ball hawk that Jamal Adams played as the all pro safety. We mentioned CJ mostly, even though some jets fans feel the defense will be better without him. He's still a very talented linebacker. He can be up and down, but he's a very, he's an influential and impactful member of that defense. When it comes to Brian Dable and these new look bills, offensive weapons going after the jets defensively, where does it start going after them? It starts with the pass. Now, that's where the Jets are weakest, which is their secondary. So I want to get a lot of mid-range passes, and I want to get Stefan Diggs going early. I want to attack the middle of the field with Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox. But the way to get that going is to be running the ball first. With Mosley out of the game, I think that you're going to see a, a really – a really strong play action opportunity in there because let's face it, you don't just replace CJ Mosley. Um, like you said, there are people who think that, Oh, maybe they're better without him. I, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that at all. So if you can run the ball early, set up the play action pass, get your receivers, say 10 to 20 yards downfield. I think you could see the Bills absolutely shred them. I think I think you're right, Jamie. I think it's going to come down to 
look, I am so excited to see what Devin Singletary and Zach Moss do out of the backfield and how Brian Dable deploys both of those talented backs. I think that as much as we, we, we gush over Stefan Diggs being added to the offense and how great the playmakers are with John Brown and Cole Beasley, I still want to see this Bills team rely on the run first and foremost to set up those passes, to set up the deep ball. Look, I expect Diggs to get his fair share of home run chances on Sunday, but I really want the Bills to, just because you have all of these weapons, doesn't mean you have to blindly go out there and, and start chucking the ball around you know, 60, 70 times a game. The Bills, again, first and foremost, should be a run team that can beat you with the passing game versus trying to turn into uh, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals where they're you know pretty one-dimensional with their passing attack. That being said, the Jets' corners are vulnerable, and I get really excited, Jamie, looking at the matchup of seeing Stephon Diggs. You know, can a guy like a Pierre Desir match up against Diggs or whoever they sh- whoever Greg Williams shifts on Diggs? I think they're going to be in for a really long day on Sunday. They are. However, here's the one thing that concerns me. We know Josh Allen's weakness is the blitz. When teams run a cover one or cover zero where there's more blitzers than there are blockers, Josh Allen has a tendency to panic. His completion percentage when he's under duress is terrible. We know Greg Williams likes to draw up blitzes and exotic ones at that. So he has an opportunity to confuse Josh Allen. The line needs to be solid and pick up those blitzes, and Allen needs to keep his head on his shoulders. And especially if it's cover zero, he's got to hit those passes 20 yards downfield and more. This is really going to be a crucible, Jamie, for how the Bills' offensive line. I know you're not a huge fan of the group, even though there's continuity. I know that there's some question marks, especially with Mongo Feliciano out for at least the first several weeks with his torn pectoral muscle. It's going to be a real challenge to see outside of Mitch Morris anchoring the offensive line. How well does Cody Ford develop in year two? Did the bills turn to Daryl Williams to start at one of the positions on the offensive line? What are they going to get from Mitch from Quinton Spain rather uh, brought back as the guard spot out there? Who is going to be on the right side of the line? There's still a lot of questions. Yeah. And McDermott hasn't tipped his hand and I don't blame him. He's keeping this very close to the vest, but yeah. Did you see the, uh, the depth chart where he has Cody Ford listed as the starter at two positions? I I, I want to see him pull that off, Jamie. That's a pretty, uh, dubious task to ask of someone to play both positions at the same time. <laughs> Unbelievable. But I don't know. I mean, I, you know, as much as I, and he's fallen off the wayside, um, Brian Winters, I don't think is going to be the answer, um, to replace Feliciano. He, I'm, I'm surprised actually he made the roster given the other guys like Evan Bain, who had more versatility, but I would see Daryl Williams possibly playing significant snaps as well on Sunday. Cause he's had a really good camp from all indicators, but make no mistake about it. As much as Josh Allen gets the public scrutiny, the offensive line is just as culpable when it comes to the offense and how well we do this year. I find it, like you said, I find the offensive line to be average. I, I think they're middle of the, of the pack and there's nothing wrong with that. They're far better than they were a couple of years ago, which I think is kind of jaded us all thinking that they're actually very good when they're not very good. They're, they're middle of the road and they're going to need to find their continuity on the right-hand side 
very quickly. Now, one of the things, Jamie, to get to about the run game, we talked about Singletary and Moss. One area that the Jets have always done well at, and this it, it, this continued last year during their 2019 season, they are superb at stopping the run. Their run defense is one of the better units in the league. So it, it's not going to be a cakewalk for Moss and Singletary to have their way. That's why I feel like if the Bills can get the play action going, and especially with Dawson Knox, I want to see him get fed. I want the rock to be thrown his way several times on the opening couple of drives to really establish that rapport because Dawson Knox, if he gets into a rhythm and the linebackers have to focus more on him, that's going to open up the run game. Guy's an animal. I'm excited to see what he can do. Now, there were some reports uh, out of camp that he was sort of struggling to catch the ball in traffic. Uh, I'm not terribly concerned with that. I think he has the athleticism to get himself open. And yes, you want your big guys to be able to come with the ball in, in a crowd, but he's so athletic. He can outrun he can outrun linebackers and he can outmuscle uh, defensive backs. So he could have a big season. It's going to be a fun matchup, Jamie, on Sunday with the Bills and Jets again kicking off the season. This is going to be, I believe, the third time in the last four years that Buffalo and New York have met in the season opener. The Bills looking to get their third win during those matchups. Yep, that, that's correct. The Bills won 21 to 12 in the opener for 2017, and then they stormed back from a 16 nothing deficit in the third quarter to win 17-16 at MetLife Stadium last year. Uh, keyed, of course, by that beautiful ball from Josh Allen to John Brown to put the Bills up by one with three minutes remaining. Jerry Hughes then had a huge pass rush play to disrupt Sam Darnold, and the Bills got the ball back on turnover on downs and ran out the clock to get that victory. Jamie, there's so much expectation. There's so much hype around this team. It's exciting that the Bills finally get to put it all to paper and take the field on Sunday for the first game of the 2020 season. What are your what's your prediction? What are you thinking how the Bills going to do? Are they going to get off to a 1 and 0 start? I think these teams know each other well and division games are traditionally fairly unpredictable. We saw it last year when we thought the Bills were a, a very superior team and they ended up splitting and both games were very close. So this year, I, I think it's going to be more of the same in the Jets. They are improved, and I think Sam Darnold's going to take a step forward. The Bills are going to win this one. They're going to win it 17-13, but it's not going to be easy. So they're going to have to eke out a victory uh, at home with no fans in the stands to get to 1-0. Jamie's got the Bills winning 17-13. I also have the Bills winning this game. I have them winning by 10 points. I have the Bills getting up 24 points and giving up 14 defensively. Um, attaboy attaboy bills get that win 24 to 14 I don't know Jamie I just I see the bills coming out and having a textbook creative drive to start the game I see Brian Dable going to his 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 weapons and his uh his bag of tricks if you will to test Greg Williams's defense on the opening drive I could see them being very balanced and scoring a touchdown on their first possession and I could see Sam Darnold responding right back you know we don't know how these teams are going to handle this being their first game action. This is not a year where the teams have had four preseason games to get ready. This is going to be the first time that they line up and play is going to be on Sunday for anything that actually is more than a scrimmage uh, versus the, uh, the inter-squad. So we'll see what Buffalo can do. I have them winning 24 to 14. Um, I think the Bills get that first win, as does Jamie. So hopefully uh, Bills fans will enjoy watching the game. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff. Sunday afternoon, 
listen to the league approved sound getting piped into Bill's stadium. And, uh, you know, one thing is for certain, Jamie, whatever happens, we know no fans will be in the stands for at least the first two home games, but you can always come back here to believe to get your thoughts on the bills. We will be your official pregame podcast, getting you ready for the games week in and week out with your previews. We hope that you make us a part of your pregame ritual, uh, checking out what myself, John Boccasino and Jamie D'Amico have to say about the Buffalo bills in the 2020 season. Jamie, thanks for your expertise and coming on. And uh, we look forward to seeing how our predictions play out on Sunday. Are you ready for some football? I am. Dude, cue up the Hank Williams. I am ready for football. I'm ready for recreating tailgates, even though we can't be at the games. I'm going to have some fun with some friends. We're going to do some barbecuing, have some good food, and look forward to a time where we can have Bill's games to cheer on in person. But for now, it's much better to have the games than to not have them. So we can't wait to see what the Bills do on Sunday. Jamie, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and uh, go Bills! (laughs) 